The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The 2020 NFL Draft is officially upon us, Bengals fans. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals Podcast. I'm Anthony Desenza, joined by Joe Cool himself over there, John Sheeran, looking like somebody who's going to get drafted by a particular team in Ohio tonight. John, how you doing, my friend? I, I assume well. There's been a lot of developments really over the, the course of Thursday, and things seem to be going the way we want it to go. I can never presume to be Joe Cool. I can never presume to be anything close to the Tiger King, but I'm kind of feeling like it. So it's it's been it's been a, it's been a good four months. It's it's nice to have a lot of the process being validated. It's nice to you know have everything that the team went through be worth it at this point, and it, it just it just feels good because. Usually we sit here and the draft starts and you, you kind of have players that you want falling to the Bengals when they ever they pick in the first round. Now the, the commissioner is going to be in his basement reading like an email and it's, he's going to say the name of the Bengals next franchise quarterback. And we have three hours or however long this is going to be to sit back, relax and wait until they pick again. So, right, right. And the big question now is, you know, who, who are the, the Bengals going to take with their next couple of picks? Um, you know, that's that's kind of what's what's ahead. And I think this fir- first round is going to be interesting on a number of different levels, not only because you're going to probably see a run on some on some position groups that uh, you would like to see the Bengals potentially get, but also because it's, you know, there's bound to be surprises and bound to be maybe even some technical issues given the entire situation. So that, I mean, there may be a little bit of a comedy of errors going on. We'll see. Good to see everybody. Hey, look, we're not we're just kind of playing playing jazz with tonight's show. We're just kind of talking to you, getting you revved up for what's coming in about 20 minutes. The Cincinnati Bengals will go on the clock. Now, for those do we want to spoil with what Adam Schefter said, do we want it or do or is that more of a confirmation? Do we want to do we want to relay that, John? Um, I mean <laughs> Yeah, sure. Let's just let's just say, it. you know, right. why not? 
All right. Well, at the top of the hour uh, for at uh, four Pacific, seven Eastern, Adam Schefter went on uh, ESPN and said essentially that Mike Brown has made the decision. He has welcomed Joe Burrow to Cincinnati, sent handwritten letters to him, jerseys to his family, number nine jerseys, by the way, number nine. Uh, who knows if he'll keep that or not? But number nine jerseys saying something to the effect of, I'm excited that we're going to build championship teams, plural, together. So that's what the most recent development. Earlier in the day, though, John, there was some chatter about Miami trying to trade up to three, package three and five and other picks to get up to number one overall to try and entice the Bengals. One final push. Cincinnati said no thanks. And, and like, why wouldn't they? Like, I I, I commend the Dolphins for what they attempted to do. I think the process of trading up that much capital for a quarterback that you think can change your future is worth it. It's really the only position that you should ever do it. And if the Bengals, frankly, had a quarterback that they were comfortable with, I would have told them to do it because that's just too that's too valuable of a price to, to, to turn down if you already had that quarterback. But they don't. It, it, it didn't work out because the Bengals – like Joe Burrow just as much, if not more, than the Dolphins do. And even though the Dolphins, I think, compared him to Joe Montana of all people today. So, like, I, I commend them for trying, but it was never going to work because this is what the Bengals want to do. And there's no way that the optics of turning down Joe Burrow in the situation that they're in, situation that Mike Brown's in, situation that the Bengals are in in general, there's no way they can turn that down. And that's the whole reason why they didn't. Well, inevitably, John, there is the the cold splash of water that is uh, certain sour Sally Bengal fans that are saying screw Burrow and some other expletives being thrown about. He's not going to do anything in Cincinnati. I, you know, I I feel for you. I mean, if you if you would rather wallow in what kind of season we just endured, and really the the past four seasons, if you want to if you want to continue to wallow in that type of not even mediocrity. If you want to, if you want to wallow in that, in that and not be excited about what's about to take place this weekend, that's just kind of a sorry state of affairs. I'm not going to call the person out. I'm just saying this should be an evening that you should be happy about it. You may not like the pick, you may prefer Tua, but this is this is a pivotal pivotal point in the franchise's direction and and what the team is going to be doing. Right, and I see we have at least one Dolphins fan in here. Who, whose opinion on Burrow, I guess, changed when he realized that the Dolphins weren't going to get him. Um, yeah, like, again, like, this is this was the plan. This was always the plan. This was the plan back in January. If you just read between the lines of what Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor said, if you if you remember the qualities that both those guys like in quarterbacks, this was always this was always the plan. I, I don't it, – it, it doesn't feel that – it's weird because it's nice that, that it's confirmed essentially. And it's nice that you, you had that validation, but like this, it, it just seems so obvious. And I, I know that Bengals fans were worried that what if they mess this up? What if they take the trade? What if they like another quarterback? If again, like it, when they're in these situations where there's just no other option to mess up, it's very similar to AJ green. Like they weren't going to take a quarterback like Blaine Gabbard or, or Jake Locker when player like AJ Green saying right in your face that they know when they're in these situations, what's, what's best for them. These, these are just situations where they just don't mess up. And that, that's exactly where we are. So I don't want to dwell on the negative because like I said, this should be an evening about being positive and being excited about the direction of the team. I'm just going to kind of end that little segue with this. I mean, obviously the Bengals aren't the only team in love with Joe Burrow. 
Miami has tried to do absolutely everything to get up to get to this pick, except for lose games in last in the last regular season. But they they have tried to do everything to get this pick. So obviously the Bengals aren't the only team completely enamored with Joe Burrow and believe that he can be a franchise changing quarterback. Uh, just so everybody knows what we're doing, we're going we're going real casual tonight, and I really hope that. You all who, who are joining us, we've got a lot of people joining us, which is awesome, uh, whether it's on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page or our own YouTube channel. I really hope that you've checked, you have checked out all of the coverage that we have provided, not only on this Orange and Black Insider podcast, but what Matt Minnick has done on his Chalk Talk episodes, what Orange is the New Black has done, what Sorry If I Spit When I Speak, those shows have done. We've pumped out, I think, upwards of 18 episodes over the past week or so, John, uh, a lot of which are interviews with high-profile folks and full episodes with mock drafts and all that stuff. So if you haven't, for some reason, go check out the rest of the stuff that we've put out there. And look, we, what, what we're doing, you probably see if you're joining us on the video feed, we're streaming the ESPN feed. It's a little laggy because I think a ton of people are trying to watch this and we're simultaneously broadcasting we're going to get you the video and a little bit of audio to announce the pick we're going to step away we're going to be silent we're going to let the words speak for themselves when the pick is announced we hope that comes through okay video and audio and then we'll talk about it for a little bit and then at the end of the night we'll, we'll go off the air afterwards at the end of the the first round we'll come on and he will talk about his best available in the rest of the class so that's the plan for tonight, and I'm going to let John take us where we want to go next. I'm going to – hands off the wheel. Hands off the wheel. We've got about 11 minutes until the draft officially starts. Well, for starting, you you want to switch to my stream because I think I have a little bit better connectivity here. Do it. If you're able to share it, let's do it. Yeah, all right. Yeah, let's, let's set this up here. And if, if not – uh, what I had planned to do is maybe play back background audio and stream the video. But if we can get this working, let's do it. Uh, I want this to be, I want this to be part of the show. I want the people who are tuning in to also experience it, uh, similar to however they're watching it. But however you are enjoying your draft experience, I, we are really excited that you're joining and hanging out with us. Really, we wanted to hang out longer, but there are a lot of different pre-party options. And to be quite honest with you. John and I have been putting in a lot of hours over, <laughs> over the past week or so. And, uh, you know, I've asked a lot of John and I, I appreciate his work immensely. So, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of we're going to be with you and we're going to go through through this here. But, uh, you know, we just we though it might be a little bit more abbreviated than some would have hoped. We're still glad that you're hanging out with us, checking out the Bengals draft with us. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we did something as the draft was kicking off. And by the way, we'll be doing this throughout the weekend as well, breaking down picks and, and announcing those. And, and guys, like we, we have put out a lot of content and, you know, that, that that it's a change for us because usually we only do maybe one or two a week. But I mean, we I, I don't want to speak for Anthony, but I've loved every second of it. You know, this is a rare opportunity for people who humbly cover a franchise that doesn't really do a lot. It really, it, it, their, their success is dependent on a lot of other factors that not a lot of other franchises have to depend on. So for this whole offseason, like from the beginning of, you know, the offseason when they were they were at the top of the draft order, when you heard rumors about them being more, being more aggressive, then them being more aggressive and then realizing that they're going to draft the best quarterback in the draft and one of the best quarterback prospects 
in recent memory, like that the opportunity for content has been incredible and the response from you guys has been exemplary. I've loved every second of it. Uh, I, I'm so thankful of what I get to do. And now I'm, I'm extremely thankful that I get to share this pivotal moment in this franchise's history that I've been following since I've been alive. And while my opinion on them has soured in recent years, I'm, I'm happy for the, the organization. I'm happy for you guys, the fan base, and I'm happy that we get to share this moment together. And I'm happy that it's given us a lot of opportunities to grow this channel into a place that I personally didn't expect it to when I joined on here a couple years ago. But I'm sure Anthony has the same feelings as well. Well, you've been an amazing addition to the show, my friend. That's that's for sure. And I, I do hope I know it's this this is a labor of love. I've said it before. I mean, it's it's work. And there's, uh, you know, last night I was up up till past midnight, if not later, uh, you know, typing up our mock draft and putting that on Cincy Jungle and getting the media together and all that stuff. But, you know, uh, it, it is a labor of love. It's something we enjoy doing. And the a major facet to it is the fan interaction that we get. Um, the fact that people like what we do, the fact that people give us, uh, you know, not that we need our ego stroke or anything, but the fact that we're two guys that just like talking about the Bengals. We know a little bit about what we're talking about, but we're not, not geniuses by any stretch of the imagination. The fact that people like our, our program is, uh, you know, it's very flattering. And, uh, and, and the good news is, you know, we're getting noticed and, uh, you know, that's, that's how we're able to get some of these high profile guests, both media members, former Bengals players, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, pretty, pretty flattering. These past couple of months have been really eye opening. And there's a couple of people also in the chat that have been helping us out on that front too. We have, uh, one of our producers, James Clayton hanging out in the chat. I saw him, uh, he's been helping us out. Uh, Mike Holbrook, another one of our listeners who is a former radio guy in Cincinnati. He's been helping us out, uh, get land some of these interviews. So we can't thank them enough. Um, so it's been kind of a team effort. And uh, I, I just, I hope that you are happy <laughs> with the show, John. And uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, you haven't been worn out by all this stuff, but it's been fun. It's been fun. Absolutely, man. Well, we are about, Seven and a half minutes away. Uh, like I said, what we're going to do, um, you know, right around when we understand that the pick will be announced, we're going to step away from the actual program, not not leave the program, but we're going to play the feed. We're going to play the live feed and the announcement of the pick. And we're going to, uh, you know, just kind of let that let you all soak that in. And then we'll come back. We'll talk about it. We'll probably talk about the next couple of picks that come on and maybe even what this looks like uh, in terms of yeah. how this <laughs> operates. This is going to be, that's, that's one of the most, the things I'm most interested to see is just how this thing ends up operating. And uh, you know, Oh, there, there's the boy right there. There's Joe and his family. Um, I know that guy. Yeah. yeah it's your, it's your twin brother. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's what tonight's about. We're going to do a little bit more of it uh, throughout the weekend. And it's going to be a team effort. But John is also going to do quite a bit of writing at CincyJungle.com. And that's a great site to get a lot of different news, opinions, analysis. And uh, our good friend James Rapine, who's with Sports Illustrated, and he has the All Bengals site. Go check that one out, too. Once you're done checking out Cincy Jungle, um, he's doing some good work over there, too. A lot of good stuff. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's crazy it's here. I will say I, I am grateful that, you know, we're, we have all the stuff pre-written, so it'll be out. <laughs> the pick is out. We, got, we were able to get that done in the afternoon. 
which is why I'm here sipping on alcohol when I don't there have to go. do any extensive thinking about that. But yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll just say this. I don't think we're going to see any major technical difficulty. We might have, what would you have in the over-under for amount of delays that they're going to have? Like like one and oh, a half, two? Well, what, what do you consider a delay? I mean, I've been watching a little bit of the pre- the pre-show, uh, the pre-draft shows here, and what it is is, you know how I feel like when we do our give and take, there's not like that that five second lag of a resp- like I ask you a question and there's that five second lag where someone goes, oh yeah, that's right, John. I feel like that is happening everywhere. Uh, well, sure, but that's not the delay I'm talking about. I'm talking right. about like where the, the league is going to give them their league is going to give them a couple more minutes to make the pick or something yeah. because something happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I assume that something you're probably going to get especially on the first night, you're probably going to get a couple of those mm-hmm. as they, as they uh, work through all these kinks. I, I'm also like, cause we, I, I think there'll be an, the regular amount of trades. Cause I don't think that's also going to be that much of an issue, but I wonder if like teams are going to be timid to do so in the top 10. We're, we're hearing a bunch of rumors about the lions trying to move back. Maybe the Panthers and the, and the Jaguars like moving back as well. But I, I don't know. It just seems like it, it. And we always get this in the draft where it's, you know, we, we think all this different stuff is going to happen. We're hearing a bunch of stuff, smoke popping up towards, you know, the final hours. And at the end, it's usually just pretty standard to what we expected and teams tend to not overthink it. And I think it's especially going to be the case this year where we might see not the draft move faster, but not as as much crazy moves as I think we, we could see in maybe like a more normal year. Yeah. Interesting question here from Mr. Whisper uh, in the YouTube chat, AC and John, who would you take a number one overall if Burrow and Young weren't in this draft? Um, you know, you've got questions with Tua and Herbert. You've got, uh, I, I almost, I, I almost wonder if offensive tackle would be the pick, right? Um, I I don't know that any one of them really I'm enamored with so much as a top five type of pick, but it's such a need on this team. It's so important, and I, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I think you probably still go quarterback, but I that's a tough question, and thankfully not one we have to. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I would be have to talk. I would be have to be talked out of taking Tua just because he's the only other quarterback I think that is franchise worthy. And like, there's going to be people where be like, you can't take that risk in terms of what his injury history is at that pick. But I mean, there's a reason why I still really like him. And if Burrow wasn't here, he would be the unquestioned quarterback one in my, in my mind. And even with Burrow, there's still a lot to like with Tua. It's just, it's just unfortunate the, the amount of injuries that he's that he's gone through Alabama, and you have to just wonder how long he's going to be able to, you know, s- survive the NFL, if you will. And I don't think he's I don't think he's going to have any trouble in the beginning part, but it's just a matter of you know if he just gets lucky and, and doesn't have any of those issues come back to bite him. But again, they need a quarterback so badly, and I think Tua is still w- worthy of that of that honor of being that top five pick. And yeah. if, if if it all comes down to him, there is no Chase Young or Burrow. I, I would be I would be have to be convinced to go other ways. Yep. We are just a couple minutes away from the kickoff of the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the orange and black insider. We are very excited to have you there. Um, like I said, we're just a couple minutes away here and uh, we're so just so you know, and I guess we got to get this out of the way. We are streaming the ESPN, or I guess just kind of the general NFL draft coverage. Cause now there's a lot of collaboration on it, but we're going to be streaming that. So just in case, there are any copyright issues, NFL. Uh, we're crediting you. This is NFL property, NFL draft property. We're watching it legally. 
Um, we are just streaming the feed as we go here, but um, excited. I, I, I see it. I see a door right there, and like I'm, I'm imagining the FBI coming in and asking if I have the express room consent. Of the NFL. I know. So, I know. If I, if I, if I have to go, if I have to go black screen, that's why. All right. Yeah. That's I, got me. I'm a little worried about YouTube coming, coming, calling, but whatever. We're, we're fine. Um, we, it's important, you know. I, it's one of the things that we can sit here and, and chat and yak and give you all the insight and excitement that we have on our side. But you know, I think it's impactful to, to hear the actual pick. And um, if you're just joining us, I don't want to necessarily spoil it again, but go go read some stuff that Adam Schefter put on Twitter recently, and it'll give you a little bit of insight as to what you can expect in the next couple of minutes. The one thing I'm curious about, John, is if uh, is if the Bengals will rush to the podium with this, or <laughs> if they're if they're going to wait out their their time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I could little... I could so see just like Taylor and Brown be like, "You want to wait this out? Yeah, let's wait this out." <laughs> I could so see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, here we go. It is five p.m. We are uh, we're getting pretty close here to the start, and I think uh, you maybe want to. I don't know how far behind you are there, John. Um, I'm looking at the live, and right now it's like going through some type of. I think we're about a minute behind in terms of the stream. I just I just refreshed it. I'm not sure we're going to get any closer than this, but okay, I would perfect. try again. I like it. I like it. We're good. Commissioner, uh, I, I would say he's about to take the stage, but he's not going to do that. It's, I'm, I'm really curious to see what his what his setup's going to look like. Uh, you know. uh, yeah, like he's not, he's, he's not totally doing it from his basement, I guess. So that's going to be, he, he did take us on the, he's in like the corner of his basement next to like the three TVs that he has to watch on Sunday or whatever. But like, he's not addressing any crowds or anything. He's, is, I guess he's just, I, I think he's going to say a message. He's going to say the Bengals are on the clock. They're going to go back to ESPN or whatever studio they're broadcasting from. And then they'll have like the, the tracker and, and the, the rundown on the side of the screen. It'll say the pick is in. And it'll just zoom right to Cadell's camera, and then he'll just say it. Right. That's, that's right. what I'm guessing. It's just again, it's just a matter of how long are they going to sit on it? You know. <laughs> yeah. How long are they going to sit on the decision? So we will get to that. Uh oh. Uh, we will get to that. Hopefully. Oh, crap. Yeah. Let's let's. Now, now everybody's trying to stream this. Right. Right. Um. Oh my God! Well, did we crash it? That's not good. I hope I specifically didn't crash it. <laughs> hmm. I do not have a good hit rate with sharing my screen. I'll say that right now. I think it's probably high traffic, unfortunately. Um... Damn you, COVID. <laughs> Let's try this one. We worst comes to worst, we'll watch it in Spanish. ESPN Deportes. I've got uh, I've got mine. If you want me to cue mine right. back up, let's do it. That's the beauty of going live, folks. <laughs> Mine's a little more choppy, I think, but. So uh, we've we've got that sort of queued back up there a little bit, and uh, 
the looks like they're getting set with introducing everybody here. I think obviously they're going to take a few, maybe a minute or two to kind of set the stage and introduce folks and let the Bengals take their, take their, uh, take their pick here in just a minute. But uh, Andrew Jordan Sting, uh, are you guys doing the whole draft? No, we're not doing the whole first round. We are going to do the, um, we're going to do a little bit into the first round here. These first few picks definitely announce the first pick. And then we'll talk about it and what's ahead. And then at the end of the first round, Matt Minnick will take the Cincy Jungle. He'll go live on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page and his own YouTube channel. Uh, he will do that and will break down best available prospects and whatnot. So um, that is going to be how this works. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, oh, wow. We're getting like a whole shot of everybody's worms right now. Just Trey Wingo and nobody else. <laughs> oh, the commissioner is now getting an introduction. When do you want me to start getting the volume? Uh... So, right. So, so your your stream is a little behind, and also having some issues as well. I think we're 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 still a few minutes away from him actually saying the Bengals are on the clock. Right. So. Hmm. Let's see here. I'm gonna. I know. I've got an idea as as maybe an option for the audio. So. Um, okay. I can figure that out. Uh, Jim Cooper says he's a big fan of Lyndon Bowden Jr. He's the Kentucky kid. Uh, any chance Cincinnati could pick him, pick him up? Uh, he's, he's a big kid, right? He's, he's got good size. If I remember correctly, uh, Thanks. or, I think he's only like five eleven. Oh, he's oh he's that yeah he's the guy that can do a lot of different things right. He's the guy that right, lined yeah. up a lot. That's that's right. I was confusing him. Yeah, uh, he's yeah he's um, he's an interesting player. It's more you gotta kind of like Lavisca Chenault and some other guys. You gotta have a specific plan for him um, as you go forward here. So uh, interesting guy he'd have to be probably a day three guy and a project guy i'd rather uh you know i've been talking about antonio gibson a lot of i think i'd rather get that kid than bowden but um yeah. you know a weapon like that wouldn't wouldn't hurt definitely wouldn't hurt right james clayton asked uh i pick 33 would you rather have jordan brooks or patrick queen i have brooks higher on my personal you board did. Like, yeah. if, they, if they went queen i would not be disappointed by it. I think he's in the same tier. I think there's more questions about his limited experience and limited production and, and his overall career upside to that. Um, he would be an outlier in terms of being a high quality player with that low production, but I think you're confident in what you see on the film and his ability to read and react as a run defender. And also, he's a better cover player than Brooks is right now. So if they went either way, I would be happy. I, I think uh, Brooks has a better chance of being there at that pick, but it's not out of the question that Queen could could slide because of those specific issues. 
Yeah, we we had Queen in our uh, draft last year or last uh, last night rather, and right. uh, he was a guy that uh, you know could could intrigue the Bengals here. So we've got the stream. It is just so you know, it is a little. The stream is a little bit behind what the um, the actual TV broadcast is just because of the, you know, the delays that it goes through. So our apologies on that, but we are doing the best we can on that front. What, what we could do is that I could turn my computer and have it just show the TV. If, if, if we have to do that, cause it'll be live and I can turn the TV volume up. So it could be live. Yeah. For yeah I was thinking of just having it still stream and, and uh, actually, Oh boy. All right. Here's what we're going to do, folks. I'm going to turn my TV. I'm going to turn my computer towards the TV when that time comes. Um, unfortunately, the, the, the streams are just not viable at this point. There's just, just too many people on it. So I think that's probably going to be the best way of doing it. Obviously, I look good, so I don't want to be off camera, but that's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make if Anthony wants to do that. Uh, give it a look. Give it a look here. Let's see, uh, let's see what right. it looks like. I have to avoid the camera showing an embarrassing picture of me next to the wall. So let's just turn up here. I'll put it on a stool, if we will. Let's put it a little bit closer. It looks small because they have it's not like full screen right now, but here we go. All right. And you want to test the volume? Yep. We believe everyone deserves that feeling. That'll work. Your home yep. Everything you want it to be. Because sure. Your home is what you All right. Need. And a nice, nice advertisement, nice advertisement for Lowe's there. So. <laughs> it happens to all of us. We buy a new home and we turn it So, John, if you want to mute it for one sec. Right. Is an adjustable spanner? Good choice, Steve. Don't forget. So what we'll do, uh, we are probably, um, I haven't really been listening to the actual feed. I think we are just about a minute away. So probably after this next commercial break, maybe we take, take a step away um, mm -hmm. and let let the, the TV, I'm gonna mute my mic um, and I'll let, you, I'll let your TV, oh God, that Reese's looks good. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll let the TV, Kind of do it. Uh, unfortunately, that you know, we wish we had a little bit of a different setup. We had it going, but I think just everybody yeah. is everybody's using the stream, so I think it's just going to lag. And then if the video doesn't match the audio, that's not going to be what we want. So I, I like this though because this, this channel is your channel. You've brought this to life. You've you've managed to build it up to this point. It makes sense that you are next to the stream or the. Bengals franchises hopefully change for the better. I will gladly take a step back. This is your moment, man. You, you wait for this. Well, we're gonna. We're. It's not my moment. It's everybody's moment. It's it's every Bengals fan's moment. This is arguably the biggest pick that's been made in. You can make the argument in franchise history. It really is number one overall. You've got a second year head coach who's got a lot to prove, but is really trying to move the franchise in a different direction and undoubtedly this is the player that he has wanted to he, he's probably pushed for this offseason 
Um, you know, we've heard all kinds of different rumors about teams moving up and, and potentially trying to trade for this pick, that the Bengals were interested in Justin Herbert, that the Cincinnati Bengals wanted to chase Young, all kinds of stuff. But now it appears that Joe Burrow will be the pick. But we're going to we're going to let the official announcement commence here in just a minute. We've got some head and shoulders ads and other ads coming on. And after the commercial break, John, I think we will step away, let the announcement speak for itself and uh, go from there. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We've got a ton of people joining us live. This is amazing. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in live. I, I assume there are maybe some first timers here or maybe just because this is such a big event. Everybody's awake, whether they're wherever they are across the world and they're watching they're watching the draft and want to hang out with us. We're so flattered. Like I said, this is kind of a casual show casual episode of the show so uh you know we're we're just kind of letting the announcement speak for itself and go from there it looks like the telecast is back john i'm gonna let you do the volume and i'm gonna step away for a minute and we'll we will be back we will let you soak in the draft coverage here as the Bengals take the podium and presumably use the number one overall pick on a specific player we all hope they will let's do this Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What we can do right now and even made unclear what the future looks like, at least the immediate future. We have important things that occur in the middle of this. One of them is the football draft. And I'm pleased to say, and I want to commend those involved in these decisions to show that we can have something as important as that in a way that safeguards the life, the safety, and the health of the American public by doing the kind of physical separations, doing things virtually, avoiding that kind of contact that puts you at risk. So it's a good thing to do. I know it's unusual. I know it disturbs the normal pattern, but it really is for your good and the good of the country. So the best thing we could do now is hope for the best and hope that Sooner or later, hopefully sooner, we can get back to some form of normality where we can all enjoy the sport that we love so much. Dr. Fauci, thanks very much. So it's going to be a different draft, but we're going to make sure you experience the same raw emotions that we always see. Again, this is the group of players that have allowed us to share their draft experience with them, some 60 players. So when their name is called, you will see that reaction. You will see that raw emotion. All 32 teams are also wired in with the head coach, the general manager, and the owner. Any one of those three people 
can actually make the selection for their team. And all teams will email or phone in their picks much in the way they always do throughout every draft. So there may be some technological glitches, and we will ride through it, but we'll do it together as we witness one of the great spectacles in all of sports, the NFL draft. And we've got the fans here as well as they get set. As you can see, Bengal fans are waiting, and some are already donning the Joe Burrow jersey. Will it be that simple? Because if it is, it would be the third straight year that the Heisman Trophy winner was taken as the first overall selection in the draft. There is Zach Taylor looking to rebound after a rough year as the first as first year as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals went two and fourteen, started the season zero and eleven, but they're hoping they turned it around late and will turn it around tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, to officially open the 2020 draft, let's go to the commission. Doing the draft this way is a new experience for all of us, but some things remain the same. First, the hugs. Sharing that special moment with a player when he is selected is a big highlight for me. My body won't miss those great big bear hugs, but I sure will. Instead, we'll find other ways to have fun virtually. Second, I will miss the interaction I have with our fans over these three days. It's a draft tradition and one that I genuinely enjoy. Let's hear from you right now. Oh, come on, guys. You can do better than that. Let's go. Oh, straight hand. Come on, let's go. Come on, you guys can do better than that. All right, keep it coming. Wow, even the virtual booths are good. Yes, I can hear you from my basement, so keep it coming. Lastly, the best part of the draft is that it restores hope and generates optimism because every team gets better through the draft. So good luck to every team, and let's get it started. It's now my honor to announce that the first ever virtual NFL draft is officially open. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Commissioner, thanks very much. We told you we have some booze for you. Zach Taylor is there looking to make his first selection. Duke Tobin also furiously working through what may be happening. Of course, you earned the top pick in the draft. And the Cincinnati Bengals, while they have had some playoff appearances over the last 10 to 15 years, have struck fifth worst record. In NFL history, 449 winning percentage, 20 seasons without a playoff win, the longest active streak in the NFL. And, of course, this is the fourth number one pick in the last 30 seasons, which is tied for the most in the NFL over that time frame. And there is the man from Athens, Ohio, the Heisman Trophy winner, Joe Burrow, who is the presumptive, for the next few minutes anyway, the number one overall pick. So let's get to know Joe Burrow, the former LSU quarterback, and the high hopes he hopes to bring to the Cincinnati Bengals. He comes from a football family. They all went to Nebraska. Nebraska chose to not stick up on Joe Burrow, even after he was a 2014 Mr. Football out of Athens High School in Southeast Ohio, and then, of course, went to Ohio State. At one point, he was considered to be be the next Alex Smith, but never really got going. Then he transferred to LSU. His first season in 2018 was okay. 
16 touchdowns, five picks, and then 2019 happened, and my God, he rolled in everything you possibly could. Single season records for total offensive yards, total touchdowns at 60, or total touchdown passes at 60, total touchdowns at 65, a national championship, and a Heisman Trophy as well. It's arguably the greatest season a college quarterback has ever had. They beat seven top 10 teams and scored a record 726 points. So let's get to know Joe Burrow as best as we can. Mel, Cincinnati is here because last year wasn't great. They have had some success, but they need Joe Burrow to up the ante here. Yeah, I'd like to dispel that myth that the Bengals are the worst place to go. Since 2003, when I drafted Carson Palmer, six 10-win seasons. That's as many as the Cowboys had, more than the Chargers, the Giants, and the 49ers. Quarterback since 2003, basically Palmer and Dalton have thrown 414 touchdown passes. That's 13th in the NFL. Not the worst place to go. And for Joe Burrow, what impressed me the most was the big games. There were five opponents that finished in the top 10 when the season ended. Against those five opponents, Joe Burrow had 22 touchdown passes and zero interceptions. And when the pressure was on, he was always at his best. He was absolutely Joe Cool. Daniel Jeremiah, when you see Joe Burrow, what's the first thing that stands out when you watch the tape? Well, to me, it's just the poise that he plays with. I, I look at accuracy, poise, decision-making, playmaking, and Joe Burrow's off the charts in all four of those areas. The big leap took place from 18 to 19 because they got five guys out into the route, and that's where he was able to spread and shred every single defense he faced with LSU this fall. Let's go to Kurt Warner next. Kurt, lots of quarterbacks have great stats, but you look for traits in college quarterbacks that can translate to the NFL. Yours certainly did. What are you looking at trait-wise that you like from Joe Burrow? Well, you're right, Trey. There's not very many sure things at the quarterback position making that transition from college to pro. So what does translate? When you talk to players going from college to the NFL, the first thing they say is the speed of the game picks up. You're looking at Joe Burrow. That was probably his greatest strength, was being able to process information, make good decisions, and get the ball out of his hands quickly. Also a very accurate quarterback, over 76% completion. That is something that also translates a couple things I really like about Joe Burrow. All right, Kurt, thanks very much. Let's go to our front office insider, Lewis Riddick. Lewis, it was your job to evaluate talent like Joe Burrow when you were working with Washington and Philadelphia. What did you learn about him through this process? Look, Trey, he's a guy who can do many, many good things, and he's a very diverse, diverse quarterback as far as the kind of things that he can execute both inside the pocket and outside the pocket. Inside the pocket, we've already talked about the fact that he's one of those guys who can just move subtly by time, keep his eyes down the field, and throw the ball with accuracy. He can throw the ball outside the pocket on design boots and rollouts and throw it with accuracy there. And then the number one thing really is this. He is very, very athletic, almost sneaky athletic. But, you know, people who watch him realize that this is a guy who can pick up first downs with his legs, so he can do it all to see why Cincinnati ultimately is going to pick him. Listen, we've got all the physical traits. Michael Irvin, you talked about this earlier in our pregame show about above the shoulders. I want to read a quote to you about Joe Burrow, about trying to be a leader. He said, everyone has their own secret sauce. You can't steal someone else's. If Burger King tried to make cane sauce, it would be crap. Everyone has to have their own. You just have to find it. And he seems like he's found that sauce. Just by sharing that right there with you tells you he understands he has to be himself in order to win that locker room. But he has those three things that as a young man, he's going in a grown man's locker room and trying to win that locker room. They want to know 
your quarterback, can you score? You just talked about he had the touchdown record in the FBS. They want to know, can you win? They went 15-0, and and he won the Heisman Trophy. And they want to know, can you lead? He led his team to a national championship. That should go a long way, Trey, when he walked in that Bengals locker room and tried to ascend to the leader of that team, franchise, and community. Uh, Michael, you're absolutely right. And, Booker, you saw this unfold firsthand. I mean, let's be honest. When Joe went to Baton Rouge, skinny kid from southeast Ohio, he was all the way an outsider. And by the end of this past college football season, he could not have been more a Bayou Bengal. Well, Troy, he's got that it factor. You know, many have tried, but Joe was the only one to succeed, to come to Baton Rouge and to galvanize all the talent that LSU had down there. And it's ability, his ability to walk in the huddle and have the other team guys look at him and know that we have a guy that has supreme confidence, not cockiness, but just confidence. And, Trey, I'll tell you a story. We were walking to, to midfield for the national championship game. It was me and Joe side by side against Clemson. He simply looked at me and gave me a wink. He's confident, not cocky, and Cincinnati's going to love him up there. Oh, you got to like that in your quarterback. A very, very cool story there, Booger. So he did win the Heisman Trophy in a landslide, most first-place votes, widest margin of victory we've ever seen. But during that time, when Joe was at the pinnacle of individual achievement, he took a pause in that Heisman Trophy speech and for about 30 seconds spoke about something that was very near and dear to his heart. Coming from, from Southeast Ohio, it's, it's a very, very impoverished area, and the, the, the poverty rate is almost two times the, the national average, and there's so many people there that, that don't have a lot, and I'm up here for all those, all those kids in Athens and in Athens County that you know, go home to not a lot of food on the table, hungry after school. And you guys can be up here too. I'd like to thank. And that has led to the Joe Burrow effect away from the field, including restaurants in the Plains, Ohio, naming meals and omelets after him. Look at him celebrating with the fans after they came back after that win over Alabama and then changing his jersey name to Burrow in classic Louisiana style. He was in every way the Lion King as he won that Heisman Trophy in a landslide and over $500,000 raised to the Athens Food Pantry. He even got a giraffe named after him. He put up a sign in Baton Rouge this week thanking them for everything they've done. And, of course, self-deflecting as well, basically monitoring and saying, I haven't gotten a haircut in a month, so don't make fun of me. I couldn't get to the barber and get cleaned up. But, ladies and gentlemen... The pick is in. The Bengals have turned in their selection. Let us go to the commissioner. Okay, here we go. With the first pick in the 2020 draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. And there you see Joe with mom and dad, and you have to wonder what's going through his mind right now. Remember, when he entered the transfer portal, he said one more time he wanted to go to Nebraska, and Scott Frost, the coach, said, is he better than what we got? Uh, the answer is yes. 
Mel Kuyper, what do you like most about Joe Burrow's game? I'll tell you what, the improvement was so dramatic. And you were a little cautious early on, Trey. This is a sixth-round pick going into the year. And all of a sudden, you see this guy putting up big numbers. He looks like he's got it. He's going to incorporate every receiver into the mix. They got everything going. They start moving him up to the third round, second round. I drew comparisons to Tony Romo. Then it became Tom Brady. Then you get late in the season after he won the Heisman Trophy and say, boy, now the pressure's on. This is championship or bust for LSU. And he didn't blink. He got behind the guy struggle in the question game early. And then all of a sudden, lights out. Again, Joe Burrow's poise, his confidence, the way he this play, he just has that it factor. He has tremendous awareness. He slips, he dips, stays away from trouble, and then makes those accurate strikes down the field. Joe Burrow put together the best season I could ever remember a college quarterback having. As I said, you talk about the elite competition he faced. Seven opponents that were combined 77 and 18. That's 77 and 11 if you take those losses that was you out of it. So this is a guy that every step of the way played above and beyond what anybody could have expected based on what we saw two years ago. I think his improvement was not only dramatic, it was historic, and I don't think we'll ever see it again, right? Most people talk about this, Mel, as, as far as him being a one-year wonder. But if you go back to 2018, you started to see this coming on. He was more and more comfortable. And then in 2019, when Joe Brady comes down there and he opens up the door and he says, you know what, Joe? I'm going to put five out wide and I'm, I'm going to allow you to see the field. And Joe Burrow blew up right before our own very eyes. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals are getting a player that if they will take some of the same concepts that Joe Brady brought down to LSU, if they will have some of those same concepts in Cincinnati, you will see the same thing from Joe Burrow, a quarterback that can lead your football team from a talent standpoint, and he will make sure that you guys go where you want to go, which is to the promised land. Hey, Boog, a lot of people have asked me why did he make that big transition from 18 to 19. It wasn't just the system. He got there late before that 18 season, didn't get a chance to get comfortable, and he had a little rust. He hadn't played a lot of football in three years. But what we saw this year was outstanding. How about the field vision, the awareness? You read the safety, vacate, go towards the middle of the field. You've got a vertical with Justin Jefferson from the slot. You take that all day long. He identifies, he attacks, and he drops his ball beautifully in the bucket. How about working in the middle of the field? Anticipation and ball placement doesn't get better than that. And then the toughness. We've all talked about that toughness with Joe Burrow. His eyes don't drop under pressure. Hang in there. You take the big hit and deliver a strike right on the money. Again, working in the middle of the field. How about the pocket awareness? Climb, feel it, keep your eyes downfield. Find that backside seam. And again, beautiful ball placement. If you want to nitpick him, he played with an all-star cast of receivers. So every now and then he got away with a throw like this one that he might not necessarily get away with at the next level. But Lewis, outside of just pure top-shelf arm strength, I love everything about Joe Murrow. Yeah, I mean, he really is technically proficient in many, many different things. When you're talking about playing the, the quarterback position, first and foremost, when you want to look at him compared to some guys who are playing in the league right now as far as traits, you know, we already talked about the pocket mechanics. Look at him move up in the pocket here, keep his eyes down the field, two hands on the football to make sure it's secure, and then hit Justin Jefferson come across the middle of the field. Tom Brady, again, has made a living doing this his entire career. He doesn't have to be a great athlete, but he's so just smooth in the pocket. And now, outside the pocket, he's a guy who can escape the rush again, puts up in the pocket now to the right, get outside the tackle box, and just throw a dart. 
down the right sideline there and just put it on the money. Jared Goff under Sean McVay, someone who was featured outside the pocket. Look at this throw right here to Brandon Cooks in the back of the end zone, at the back pylon. doesn't get any better than that. And then his recognition and athleticism to be able to recognize, hey, all the defenders' backs are to me on the second level. They're running down the field man to man. I'm going to take off. I'm going to burn you with my athleticism. Ryan Tannehill does the same thing he carried the Tennessee Titans in this matter all year we did it. in 2019. When he sees the defenders turn their back he's gonna take off and run with the football this is what makes joe burrow the total package this is why you go number one overall yeah listen it's hard to go all right well from joe burrow this past season so he is truly the cincinnati Bengals have officially selected joe burrow quarterback out of lsu john thanks for setting up that stream and letting us get the announcement into everybody we took a little longer than expected but hey we felt like, you know what, soak in that analysis from those guys. Soak in the video clips from those guys. Hear the announcement. Hopefully you are excited. I know I'm excited. I'm about to, to crack a cold one, my first one, in celebration. But, John, predictable, a big moment for the Cincinnati Bengals, a big moment for this show that we were able to have that announcement live on this, on this show. Look. I, I think we all know the pluses and the minuses and, and all of that. I, I think the question that a lot of people will, will have, and by the way, there is an interview with Joe Burrow on right now. So hopefully uh, you'll, you're going to be able to hear that one if you've recorded the feed or what have you. But look, the question, I think one question a lot of people have is what kind of quarterback do you think Joe Burrow can be if the roster deteriorates around him, Right. So Carson Palmer, he was outstanding when he had, you know, he had a lot of talent, obviously, but he had a great offensive line, great wide receiver core, all that stuff. All of a sudden, the team aged. They lost guys in free agency. They didn't draft as well. He started feeling a little bit more pressure, and obviously as the roster eroded, his talent, of his own play fell. Andy Dalton, kind of same thing. They built around him for years and years and years, free agency attrition, all that is this a guy you think can, can overcome that at least at a much higher degree, if not, you know, if not make it a non-issue? I, I think with Palmer, it was a lot of injuries. And also it was a lot of maybe he wasn't mentally equipped to handle that at that time. Burrow, just everything that you like about him, it, it, it's, the, it's the quarterback that you want to invest in because the how – he performs will dictate how good or bad the team is like with, with Dalton or a quarterback of that caliber, it was mainly about how much of the overall team can carry him. And when he was playing his best is when the team was built the best. And it was almost the same way with Carson for a time, but you saw the glimpses of how Carson made a lot of, of his receivers and, and the, just the team better and, and more capable of, of being a, a quality contender with Burrow. It's, it's in that, it's in that same stratosphere. It's, his throwing ability, his accuracy, his ability to avoid the rush, his ability to create out of structure, those are the things that you want in a quarterback that you want to in, that you want to invest in. The, like how what he does determines what the rest of the franchise is. That is a true franchise quarterback. His play is not in, is, does, is not get dictated by maybe a couple of receivers being out, or maybe you don't have the like a, a true vertical threat on on the offense, or maybe you don't have a perfect offense line. Maybe you have a couple of of so-so starters there. Chase Young just got picked by by Washington, by the way. 
Um, but again, you don't need a perfect roster around Joe Burrow. That would obviously make him an, an even more productive player and maybe even more consistent. But the, the pressure is off for them to build a once-in-a-generation type roster like they had in 2015 in order to even compete in the playoffs. Now they have a chance to get to the playoffs every year as long as Burrow continues to develop into the quarterback that we all think he will be. When we spoke with James Rapine last night on our on our mock draft show and our, our you know our draft eve kickoff show, he made an interesting point, and it's one that doesn't fall on deaf ears. But look at look at the quarterback talent that's in the AFC North now. I, I mean, it's it it is that this has to you know for so long this was a division that was a ground and pound, fourteen hundred yard rushers, sixteen hundred yard rushers. You know, you had your Jerome Bettises, your Rudy Johnsons. You had all the – granted, the Bengals were able to throw the ball well in the Rudy Johnson era. But, you know, Cedric Benson, that was a ground-and-pound team. You know, now you've got Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, the reigning NFL MVP, Ben Roethlisberger, don't count him out. And, oh, by the way, the Steelers may even pick a, a quarterback in this year's draft, given all the injuries Roethlisberger's had over the past couple of years. This is going to be a very entertaining, very competitive division. Yeah, it'll still be physical, but quarterback play is going to be in the spotlight for sure. Like, And that's the whole thing, because the Browns still love Nick Chubb. They're going to feature him heavily. The Ravens obviously want to run the ball a lot, and that they can do that with the quarterback that they have. And I think the Bengals still want to heavily feature Joe Mixon, and obviously the Steelers' offense hasn't really changed that much. But, yeah, the quarterback talent is there, and the potential is there for a really tight division throughout the coming years if Baker can get better and if Lamar continues to thrive as the MVP that he is. And it's not fair, I think, for us to say that Joe Burrow is, is already the best quarterback in the division. Regardless of what do you think, Lamar, he just won the MVP. Yeah, he didn't get it done in the playoffs, but he's already, you know, he's the same age as Joe Burrow, but he's already, you know, has two years of NFL experience under his belt. And Burrow has some catching up to do. And, and you know, I think the story isn't completely written with Baker as well. And unfortunately, until, you know, Roethlisberger decides to hang it up, he's, like you said, he's always the threat. So this is exactly what the Bengals needed to compete in the division. Andy Dahl just wasn't going to cut anymore. He obviously wasn't good enough to, to consistently compete with the Steelers, or the Ravens, or even the Browns, for that matter, towards the end of his tenure here. So, yeah, Burrow is exactly what they need to get back in the AFC North, to, back, to get back into that race. And it's not just this... You know, it, it, it's just the AFC North football is only running is only running in power plays. It, the Ravens' offense has evolved. The Browns' offense is going to continue to evolve, and hopefully, the Bengals' offense evolves under Burrow. Before we get to our next topic and and hopefully get out of here in just a couple of minutes, John, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack one. I'm gonna crack one. It's it, not only is the what label the hell is that? It's Artifacts. It's a local brewery in San Clemente, California. It is an IPA. Trigger finger. Trigger finger. I thought it was appropriate, not only because of the color scheme, but the name of the beer. Artifacts. Not an ad, just a good beer. I'm going to crack one in celebration here, my first of the evening. I don't normally drink on many shows, but I'm going to have one to celebrate the big moment tonight. So I'll crack up another claw with you, my friend. All right. Another? Wait, wait, no, we, we on half does? Where are we at? Um, this is, No, this is only... <laughs> This is only like eight, so eight. I still got work to do. All right. Okay. All right. The Lions hey. have not traded their picking right now. Cheers, my Cheers. friend. Uh, this is this has been a fun, fun four months with you, and not that not that the others weren't, but covering I this know. type of Bengals action over the past couple of months with free agency, what just happened tonight has been much more enjoyable than what has happened over the past <laughs> the previous handful of months. 
I'll, I'll say this. We, we had uh, James Rapine on yesterday, and he was talking about when he first started covering the Bengals. That was in 2016. That was also when I first got to the Cincy Jungle. And, I, and like for, for as long as I've been writing about this team, they just haven't been good. So you know, four years into this, two years into this podcast, it, it, it's nice to see them not only relevant, but you know, it, at, a, at a level where they can be competitive again, where I'm, when I'm actually covering the team. Yep. So agreed, totally agreed. I want to move on and talk briefly before we get out of here in just a couple minutes, but I want to move on and talk briefly about what you think now happens with Andy Dalton. We talked a little bit about it with James Rapine last night. There's quite a few people that have, there have been hundreds of people literally joining us live. So maybe we have some new faces and or those who have not been able to listen to that episode yet. What do you think happens to Andy Dalton as we sit here right now? Burrow is officially in the fold. He will be, for all intents and purposes, their starting quarterback minute one when he's there. New England grabbed another fourth round pick. Jacksonville has noted interest with Jay Gruden as their offensive coordinator. Chicago grabbed Nick Foles, but they do have a former Bengals offensive coordinator and Bill Lazor there. I don't know. I mean, is there anything where the Bengals, is there a scenario where you see the Bengals get something out of this? And by the way, before I get your answer, Jeff Okuda was the pick by the Detroit Lions at number three. I, I will I will not be surprised by anything, but I don't think it, if, it, if it happens, I don't think it's going to happen today. I think it happens sometime over the weekend if it does. Um, but, but yeah, like the, the amount of teams that, that can and should is very low and the, comp- and the compensation will also be low as well. And that's part of the reason why I'm not sure that the Bengals are going to be so inclined to do it. I, don't, I, I still don't think that they're on the mindset of we just need to get whatever we can for Dalton. I think they just have a little bit too much respect for him and they, they still want to have that option of, of keeping him if that's in their mind where the value lies uh, the most. But I, I think the most likely option is that he does get cut sometime after the draft, and we can talk more about that if that happens to be the case. But if he does get traded, I, th- I think it will be for at most a fourth-round pick, and I think the Bengals would accept that at this point. I'm just not sure that that happens, even though New England did get that extra fourth-round pick. But if it does happen, it's not going to happen tonight. It'll probably happen either Friday or early Saturday, uh, maybe even before the draft begins. So I know it's early, and Matt, as I mentioned earlier, Matt Minnick is going to be taking the – air for cincyjungle.com and uh, on its Facebook page, his own YouTube page. And we'll put up that, that later on our own YouTube page as well. But he is going to be t- uh, taking the air, talking about best available going forward. And as we sit here now, I mean, it's not just best available. What What's your gut feeling the Bengals do at 33? Trade, linebacker, offensive lineman, or wide receiver? I think that has to be, maybe even edge rusher. Um, right. I, that seems to be the most viable options at this point. I think Diana Rossini reported earlier today that she talked to Zach Taylor and he just basically said best player available. They're not going to reach for whatever their perceived biggest needs are. But I do think that the best player available for them is going to be at one of those positions. And again, like what, what, what we think is best player available and what they think is best player available is probably not going to be completely coinciding with one another. It could be a surprise like Jordan Brooks, who may be higher on teams boards than um, than normal. It depends on who goes in the first round. Obviously I think it will be one of those four positions, either a tackle, a linebacker receiver or a pass rusher uh, cornerback, I guess being the, the outlier there. If, if one happens to fall and it's going to be the highest player from those positions. I don't think it's going to be like a running back or a tight end or even a guard for that matter. Um, it's going to be in a, a position of relative need. It's going to be someone that they expected to go in the first round. 
and it's going to be somebody that will force them to stay at 33 and not take any trade offers. But again, th- yeah. them taking trade offers is definitely a possibility, especially if Jordan Love is still there, if a team wants to move up for him or really any quarterback that someone wants to trade up for. I think they're going to be inclined to do that. I think they wanted to get as much draft capital as possible, but they also want to maximize in general, just the, the value of that 33 overall pick. So it's going to be a player that they want that they thought was going to be in the pick in the first round at those positions could be Jordan Brooks, could be Josh Jones, could be Denzel Mims. It, it could literally be literally be anyone except Chase Young or Jeff Kuda at this point. <laughs> yeah. And by, by the way, those three guys drafted one, two, three, all three teammates at Ohio state at one point. Crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, you know, I, I know this last year they were not, but it's kind of speaks to the talent level, of course, of. Well, they, the, they needed Burrow at fields at quarterback for them. So. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a, Oh, Oakley Dolan says Isaiah Wilson is a pick. There was somebody, I think it was Bucky Brooks in the pre pre draft coverage he said he feels as if maybe eight tackles get taken in the first round at that point kind of like what we exercised last night you say you know what maybe the value's not here i I would assume and he was saying wilson would be one of them uh you know and wilson be one one of those yeah i mean wilson is one of those fringe one two guys right now so uh you know I, i would assume at that point if that does take place and the Bengals do not move back up into the second round it's probably not going to be offensive tackle at that point. You're probably looking at a true linebacker, a linebacker edge rusher type, a wide receiver. You know, there's going to be a run on a couple of positions, but there's also going to be a couple of positions that are left open, right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think who would the eighth tackle be because going off the top of my head, because all these guys are still available at the moment of this recording, Werfs, Thomas, Wills, Becton, uh, Austin Jackson, Ezra Cleveland, Isaiah Wilson, Josh Jones. Is that eight or is that seven? That's right around eight. I, did, <laughs> I, should, I, did. I should have well, been counting. I know. Worse, Thomas. Wills, Thomas, Becton, Jackson, Cleveland, Jones, Wilson. So that's eight. That's, eight. Right. that's like eight right there. Yeah. 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 So there's if, eight. If, all, if all eight of those are gone, I don't think they're going to tackle. I don't think they're going to have a tackle that's created that highly at the second round pick. No. No. Um, so I think at that point, and I think, it, it, you know, maybe you look, if you're, if you're really in, in dire straits in terms of needing an offensive lineman, maybe at that point, that's when you look at interior offensive lineman, but again, value there. A fringe first round pick at number 33 overall, you want to get a first round talent. There is a lot of first round talented wide receivers. There are, you know, potential linebackers and edge rusher guys that that could fall there. That should be the pick at number 33. There could be a trade back scenario. We'll see. I'm not a fan of that at 33. I could see the, the value in doing that maybe at 65. But again, if there are runs on certain positions, that would make sense. Anything else right. you want to get to before we get out of here, John? We've been going for an hour, and luckily ESPN and NFL Network did, and the NFL, don't, don't get this in any trouble, did <laughs> a lot of the legwork for us by broadcasting, uh, and hopefully you enjoyed us broadcasting the pick live on the show here we thought that was kind of an impactful moment but anything else you want to get to before we bounce on out of here i know we've got a lot of other things to do this weekend but this was this was big and this was important and i thank you for your time real quick because the giants haven't picked yet who do you think what do you think miami's going to do i think we got that question in, in the comment section by so they they're sitting at five right they have what mm-hmm. five and nine was it 19 
Five and uh, 18, 26. 18, okay. Um, well, they're taking a quarterback somewhere. Yeah, I, 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 where. Yeah, I, you know, I think at this point, you know, they may have teased their fan base so much about the potential of getting a Joe Burrow. Maybe at that point, that's when they, you know, at number five, you, you got to try and excite him with with a Tua who's who played very close proximity wise to mm-hmm. to Miami. Um, you know, Herbert could be could be the pick there just because of health, but uh, I, I think they go quarterback at five and probably one of those offensive linemen with their 18th pick, and then maybe um, you know maybe a wide receiver at uh, you know because. They they've lost you know they they lost Landry a couple of years ago and you know they they may need some extra help there. That's kind of what I see them doing. But I think I think they'll probably take Tua, um, barring something unforeseen. I just think it's funny how they did this whole brigade about hyping up Joe Burrow, wanting to trade up to that spot, claiming he was Joe Montana, having it not work out, and then having to go to one of these quarterbacks saying, "Hey, we like you too." And I just think back to November, December when it seemed like an inevitability that the Bengals were going to get the first overall pick. And then it became challenged for that Miami game. And I just, I, I'm just, I'm only thinking about that, that game right now, just the, the ups and downs of that and how obviously both teams wanted to win. But I just knew that if the Bengals won this, won that game, we would not be here right now feeling the way that we feel. And I, you know, tanking is such a, it's such a weird construct to really identify, especially with the NFL. And you don't want to say that you want to do it, but, in situations like this, it, it it you you would just hate to be a Dolphins fan right now. That's all I'm going to say. Right, and uh, you know, a lot of times you like to see, especially with a rookie head coach in a year that the a team is struggling, you'd like to see a team battle, win some games, and and show some fight, quote quote unquote. But sometimes, and and we're we're not prognosticators by any stretch. I mean, a lot of things can happen in Joe Burrow's career. But as we sit here today, I mean. You gotta, you gotta be thankful that the Bengals ended up with just two wins uh, instead of maybe four, instead of instead yeah. of five, and then you know you, you got a real big debate on your hands there. John, let's let's bounce on out of here, man. I'm stoked. Yep. This is a big day for C- the Cincinnati Bengals football. A big day for the franchise. I wish we were there in person, but at the same time, this was a very cool way to do this, streaming it live. Thank you for for doing that on the fly. That was big. I know our, our stream of the of the show, it's, uh, the TV feed was not doing well through the internet, but I'm glad you, you kind of made do. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. We had a lot of people join us. Thank you so much for joining us. We had hundreds and hundreds of people literally join us live, especially right around when the pick was made. We will be continuing our coverage uh, going through night two and day three. So we'll be taking the airwaves here. CincyJungle.com will be having a ton of a ton of content news analysis all that stuff john sheeran's one of the guys there john this has been fun man it has indeed and we were gonna mess this up for you guys this is this moment was too big so yeah but just, just like the Bengals, we handled it with these yep exactly enjoy the rest of your weekend ladies and gentlemen john i'll see you soon try and enjoy your weekend too with all the work but uh have some fun and uh, let's celebrate tonight, my friend. First, the second claw of many. There you go.